Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yingling traditional lager is a taste of amber gold that comes from America's oldest brewery. It's a beer that drinks well and tastes the way beer is supposed to. Born from a tradition of hard work and sacrifice. It brings with it all the know-how that doing a thing well for nearly 200 years affords. Yingling Traditional Lager, from America's oldest brewery. Respect. It's earned. DJ Yingling & Son, Pottsville, PA. Please drink responsibly. Blog Talk Radio. Conversation on justice. Today we're going to look at a, a subject uh, concerning revitalization in the neighborhood. Uh, what happens when a popular spot in a neighborhood that was geared towards the community closes down, and the community needs a rallying cry, a rallying cry to get that operation back in business and to to get something else in its place to to revitalize the neighborhood, or actually to revitalize the, the entity that closed. So we're going to look at a skating rink that closed in Hampton, Virginia, back in November, October last year. And one of the community members decided to step in and, and uh, revitalize that skating rink and bring it back in a different format. So we're going to talk about how that impacts the neighborhood and how he is going about that process and what sort of programs and activities are being brought into it. And also we have with us today another guest who's going to actually be one of those programs that is going to be participating in that new skating rink. It's called, the name of it is Skateplex, Hampton Skateplex, and the, it's called a community center with, with a skating rink, a community center with a skating rink, which indicates that it's going to be more about community, uh, and it just so happens it has a skating rink in there, so that way it's able to serve a myriad of population and ideas and programs that are needed within the community. So we want to walk, welcome at this time to the show Keith Foster, who is the, the vision person behind this skating rink, and also uh, Desiree Sterling, who is with Becoming Family uh, uh, an organization that provides services for foster care children and their families. So, Keith, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm getting older every day, as I tell everyone. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Desiree, 
we're, we're happy that you're with us today. And so as the as lady here today, I'm going to let you tell us something about yourself and about Becoming Families and the title of your program. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, for myself, I was a foster child who is now a foster parent, and God put on my heart that it was my job to take care of his children, that um, others weren't willing or could not take care of them. And so through my trials through the foster care system, it opened up my eyes to see what our families and children are lacking with resources, finances, just support from the community itself. And so um, with, with the vision, I developed Becoming Families, and what that is is to help children and families in foster care to get everything that they need and be an advocate for them. A lot of times children go into the foster care system and they don't get the finances that they deserve. They don't get the medical support. They don't get just the, the support and the one-on-one help, and they are left with a yearning for more, and sometimes they don't get those services and those things that they need, so they actually quit the foster care system, leaving children in the system, and the only people that they hurt when they don't get the services that they require and or need are the children that get left behind. And so we wanted to be a, a, resource, a resource for help, support, and all things that we can benefit these children and families with so that we can grow our foster home uh, population. Great. We'll, we'll come back and revisit some of those things you just talked about. Uh, Keith, tell us how you got involved with this dating ring thing. I mean, uh, thank you so much. I mean, I'm sure you have a good one. I'm sure you have some better things to do in your life uh, that are a lot easier and less task field and <laughs> less headache. Uh, but what, what brought you to this point that you want to uh, invest in starting this community center with a skating rink? Well, to take you back to the beginning, um, it had been my prayer for quite some time uh, to God to for him to give me or for me to understand my purpose. And uh, the covenant that I made with God is that if you show it to me, I promise you I'll walk in it, regardless of what it is. And shortly thereafter, um, I learned on Facebook that the Plaza Roller Rink, which has been in our community for over 40 years, was changing, was closing. And uh, immediately I had a vision uh, of turning it to a community center. Um, immediately um, I just had a, just these visions of the many things that we could do um, in that in that facility. And so... I understand that these kids uh, just really need uh, more than what they have. And so I just kind of figured that if I could offer them something else, um, another activity which which would be healthy and fun, and then also provide them with some of the resources that they need, that I could do it all into this facility. And not only that, uh, Pastor Cheeks, but also – the fact that it has a skating ring on the inside. So we can provide that fun activity and then also combine that with providing them with the resources that they need. And I could do it all under this one facility uh, in the Buckhorn area. And so uh, because of that, 
I went full speed ahead, man. Yeah, so I mean, so what kind of what kind of plan did you lay out? What 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 is this whole thing about community? I mean, it's just a community center. Is this something that the community needed, or just or did or would just a skating rink suffice? Uh, no, definitely not just a skating rink. Um, <clears throat> again, I, I just you know I was I I was born and raised in Hampton. I've been here all my life. I left for a little bit and did a little time in the military, uh, but I came back to Hampton, and I still presently live in Hampton. Um, I lived in the Buckrow area. 30 years of my life, maybe 35 years of my life. And so, you know, just being active in this community and different organizations, uh, I kind of see a need for certain things. And so I wanted it. My vision is for that place to be a, a, a facility where, male, female, any race, whatever the case may be, we can all come together and uh, address the issues that's needed in the community, uh, address the issues that's needed individually, um, and just have a good time at, at, the, at the same time. It, it was just an idea of taking community and bringing it back together uh, and making it a tight-knit thing like it used to be uh, back when I was growing up. And I just, you know, I want to provide that opportunity for these kids today like I had when I was coming up. And so that's the real uh, thought process behind it. The community center uh, aspect of the project is the foundation of it all. The skating ring is just an added benefit that we have. Uh, but we want to provide services for kids as young as one years old, um, one year old up to senior citizens and everybody in between. And we are actually going out into the community, Pastor Cheeks, to find out what the need is. We don't want to provide any services or resources that's not needed. We want to attack the need right at the root and be able to provide those resources or even birth those programs so that the direct needs of the community is met. Well, that's, that's important with any venture like that is, is to make sure the community has some involvement and say so and uh, to, to fill them out in terms of what's needed to, to gel the community back together or, or what's lacking in the community. We applaud you for that. Um, I know there are a lot of activities that uh, that are on the drawing board, and a lot of conversations that had with with quite a few folks about uh, the different programs and activities that will occur there. Um, and, right. and so, since we have Desiree on the phone here, I want her to talk a little bit about what her becoming families is uh, interesting in doing in terms of partnership, and how will that affect the foster care community? Well, thank you, Pastor Cheeks. The foster care community is a very underserved community. No one wants to really touch the idea of foster children and their true needs. They um, kind of sleep under the rug. What we want to do with the skating rink, uh, with the help of um, 
Mr. Keith, is that we want to have a community area where people can come together and just, one, celebrate one another, two, mingle with one, one another, put faces to faces. A lot of times these children are separated from their home, separated from their biological brothers and sisters. Um, and then or they get into a foster home and then they're separated from those children. And so giving the skating rink is a place where everybody can come together and have fun and just interact and feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves is what a true blessing that the skating rink could be and will be for these families. Being able to just go freely skate, be in a place where you identify with people who are just like yourselves and the stigma with children in foster care that they're bad, that they're broken, they're juvenile delinquents and no one wants them. And to go into a place where they can see other people like themselves thriving, it's going to give them the encouragement and the um, self-fulfilling um, attitudes that they can be and they can do anything. People are recognizing who we are. People want us to succeed. They're providing all these things for us to be able to achieve all things, and most importantly, their self-esteem. When they look in the mirror, they don't see a child that no one wants. When they look in the mirror, they get to see someone that people are going out of their way for to make sure that they have everything that they need, that they're social, that they're um, economical, that they're financial, that they're um, emotional, and, you know, every all of their needs are being met, and this can happen right within the community as a skating rink, providing them just a place to go and feel free to be who they are, not feel like they're, you know, being looked at with that stigma, but going into a place that recognizes them for who they are, loving them up, and, and just celebrating who they are. It, it, Desiree, a lot of what you just said, is that uh, coming from your experience in the foster care system? That's coming from my experience as a foster child, as well as some of the children that we are interacting with right now, some of the families that we're interacting with right now. Um, the children come to these, no child comes into foster care because their house was amazing, that their parents were amazing and nothing ever went wrong. Something happened that they're being pulled away. And when they're being pulled away, a lot of times they don't get to see their friends and family anymore. They don't go to the same churches and the same schools. And so these feelings of being neglected, unwanted, not having the right self-esteem, that nobody wants them, nobody wants to take care of them. Those are, those are across the board throughout the entire foster care system. And then for the families themselves, when you become a foster parent, you actually lose a lot of the friends and family that you once had because now you have the government involved in your life. They're always watching what you're doing. Or you have so many kids that, you know, you are taken away from being able to go out and be that social butterfly that you may uh, have been before. And so, um, it's a common feeling amongst families and children in foster care that they just don't they don't feel good about who they are and what they're doing, and um, providing them a safe space to do that with people who are like themselves is something that everyone is asking for. So what was your breakthrough in, in terms of, uh, of gaining a sense of self back and, and being able to do what you're doing now? Um, I'm not sure that it was a breakthrough. I'm still working on that part. Um, okay. I would say that God telling me this is what I want you to do, so do it. Um, that's where, I guess, part of the light came from for me to do it. And then seeing all the children that have come through my home who are able to go back to their biological families 
is a true blessing, and I love seeing that. I love being a part of that. I love everything about that. And when I saw those are my shining lights all the time, and when I see me helping, uh, becoming families helping all of the families in foster care with whatever they need, those are also lights that provide me with doing good work. And so I'm not going to say that I've had my breakthrough. I still have my problems and issues from foster care, but a lot of it is what drives me to make sure that the system is better for other people. What, going back to an, an, something you just said uh, in terms of um, what God directed you to do and, um, and, and you following that direction, uh, obviously at times when we, when we get those messages, uh, or get those directions from God, uh, it seems like an impossible task. How has it been for you in order to uh, go forward with this effort? Uh, somewhat impossible at times. Um, we lack the resources. We lack the finances. We are still working. You know, we don't have a grant writer. We don't have things like that. So when I say that that's one of the biggest problems for us to expand and help as much as we want to. However, when God puts his foot down and says, this is what I want you to do, he'll find a way out of no way. And um, he's been providing every step of the way for things that we need. And we know that we want to grow and get bigger. And so we're just praying that and, and speaking it into fruition and just, just hoping that it does 100% get better, not just for us, but for, you know, the kids that we get to help and knowing that those roadblocks will fall and we will find a way through it. I mean, with the activities that you're proposing to even have at the uh, the, the uh, skating center, uh, at the community center with a skating rink, uh, uh, how would that, would, would that, Stigmatize those young folks coming in there uh, at a special activity for them, or, or, or you're looking at something that's not so much labeled that they're going to be identified as such. Well, uh, the stigma is already following them, so you can't um, make them feel any worse than they already do. And okay. um, we would call these events foster adoptive kinship fun skate day or, or whatever it is, we're including everyone and we're not telling the community we don't want you to come because we want the community to come. We want people that are not even involved in it to make these children see that they are not a problem, that they are welcome, that we love them, that we want them to succeed. And so um, the stigma is already there. When they're going into schools and, you know, their, ch- their families don't match, kids tell them about that. They say, well, why are you with this family, or why are you with this family, or they mock them or make fun of them. Because um, the stigma is already there, but giving them a safe place where they can come and be with people like themselves, I think that that would give them a chance to relax and breathe and and feel one, feel whole again, because they're not being judged by this group. This group is accepting them with loving arms, and they get to do these fun activities together. So I think it would be a great escape for these children. Yeah, well, outside of the foster care home, what kind of uh, resources, maybe not resources so much to speak, what sort of support systems are needed in order to uh, to acclimate the kids feel more comfortable? I know besides losing family, friends, and, and, and the, their initial environment, but what can be done? Uh, what, what, what can we do uh, as, 
as the general public in order to to help this help these kids along and support efforts that you were talking about? Um, so outside of becoming a foster parent, because that's the number one thing that the country needs right now, um, there are nearly 500,000 children in foster care right now, and um, 5,000 in Virginia alone, 800 of which are ready to be adopted. So outside of becoming a foster parent or an adoptive parent yourself, being a volunteer for these children, so doing community activities, People don't realize when um, you have grandparents stay at school or um, they have events where it's bring your father to this or bring your daughter to this, and these children are still being left in school, you know, and people can't come and get them or come and celebrate with them. And having school volunteers that will say, you know what, I will take these children and, and they can go with me for the day, as long as it's approved by the, the agencies, by the parents and things like that, or, you know, um, instead of take your daughter to work day, Someone comes in and sits with the kids and shows them what they do for work. It's very simple things like that of showing them that we still love you. And even though your mom and dad can't be here or your foster parents are working, we're going to be there to help fill that gap for you. And that's something that's huge for these children. Being a child advocate within the the state city that you're in, so many people don't realize the, the problems that these children have. And once they're being placed in these homes, they're not then getting the therapeutic help that they need. They're not getting the financial support that they need. They're all the things that they should be getting that they are required to get. They're still just a file on someone else's desk. And so these people have to touch 20 and 30 files a day, and we know realistically that does not happen. And so people's uh, needs are falling, the children's needs are falling by the wayside, their foster adoptive families' needs are falling by the wayside, and who are going to be the people that stand up, step up, and say, no, we need to fight for the rights of every single one of these children, we need to make sure that they're getting the resources that, that, that should be afforded to them, that we allow state funds and assets to provide for them, these children still aren't getting it. Um, one of the things that my child agency here in Hampton has just told me was that the Hampton um, City would like to stop including children in the the family fun days that they have. So basically what they're saying is it costs too much to have everybody in the family at these picnics, so we only want the foster adoptive parents. Well, the problem with that lies that the children need a place to go. They're only, you know, not everybody in the world is certified to watch your child. So how are you supposed to remove the children from the parents? The children are not all 18. So who are going to watch these children while just the parents go to these activities? And so my mention to my agency was, well, how about if we tried some sort of partnership where you pay for the families to go and we'll find a way to take care of the children's ability to go? Because... That's extremely important, and again, it all deals with finances. It all deals with getting people to donate food, that um, drinks, and things like that. So um, most of it comes with funding, but a lot of it comes with advocacy and just the true caring about these children. Wow, that, that's, that's that's powerful, um, Keith. I'm I'm going to ask you this: why why is it why is this program important to you and the community center? or the skating rink, uh, have it incorporated there. I mean, why is it a, a benefit to the community? Well, first of all, um, 
if you're listening, you can hear the passion in Desiree's voice. And from the first time I had the opportunity to speak with her, I felt her passion. And one thing about the uh, skating rink, uh, the community center with a skating rink in it, is that we're going to touch on different areas. Um, We're going to go where the need is. Um, And so for me personally, uh, Pastor Chief, it's important for me to partner with individuals and programs that have a deep passion for what it is they're doing. And, you know, I'm not a product of the foster care system, um, but I feel uh, the, the, the passion and the, the desire to help her in my spirit. And that's what I move off of. If you can look at the community center, uh, with the skating ring in it, the foundation is community and love. That's what it is. And so uh, there's a need in the foster care arena. I'm not a product of the foster care system, um, but I do want to be a part of the solution. And whatever resources or what kind of aid we can offer to Desiree and her organization, um, we're going to do it. Um, And that's just not for the foster care system. And her program, that's for whatever the need is in the community. We're going to address those needs and collectively figure out how we can resolve the issues. And that's what the community center is all about, addressing, again, addressing the needs of the community and showing lots of love. Well, well, this is a community center. I, I know there's been an event. Uh, it was an event held uh, back in, I mean, this September, in September, uh, several weeks yeah. ago. That brought the community in there together. Uh, so these are the types of things that uh, communities rally around if they see the need and the worth in their participation in. So tell us a little bit about that and what happened. Well, uh, the skate the community center is is in need of a lot of repair, uh, and and those repairs are costly. Them to be completely transparent. Um, and so we had, uh, I think it was on the 16th of September, we had a community uh, community paint day where we invited the community to come in and really get hands-on with this project. And we allowed them to paint and uh, demolish some things and clean out the skating rink. And it was absolutely beautiful. We had over 70 uh uh, groups, agencies, individuals come out, and you know, it was. I had a moment, to be completely honest, which is where I had to kind of step to the side um, to see uh, older people, younger people, kids in elementary schools with paintbrushes in their hand, painting, and excited about what they're doing. Actually. Uh, getting involved into this project. And so, you know, it was a great time. We uh, we provided food. Uh, Sherwin Williams uh, was one of our sponsors. They came out and donated some materials and bought everybody hats and, and shirts. And uh, Waste Management has provided a the biggest construction dumpster uh, that they have. Um, and just to see everybody in there just really getting involved, uh, people spread out from one side of the skating rink to the other, uh, is just, for me, confirmation that this is exactly what it is I'm supposed to do. And 
if I could mention it, on October 7th, we're going to have, the, the first one was so successful that we're going to have another one on October 7th. And uh, it's the same uh, concept. We'll be in there painting, cleaning out the skating ring, but also we will be collecting canned goods and non-perishable foods. Um, and we'll be making those donations to the health center um, in Hampton and another organization. You have to forgive me for not knowing that name, but I will get it. Um, but we'll be make, make, so taking those collections and distributing those, those foods out on the same day. Um, and so, again, it's with the foundation, it's with the concept of what the community center is. We see a need, we address the need, and we move on, and we show lots of love in the process. Well, well, October the seventh. I mean, the organization which I'm familiar with is called Thrive Peninsula. Uh, so, um, between those two organizations and the concept of even doing something like this to to really get the community engaged, not only in reaction with the community center itself, but also to to look at other things in the community to be a part of, because we all need to come together. Because we're the greatest resource for what's happening in our community. So one of the things we want to, to certainly make sure of is that people know about these things and look at the excitement that's being generated within the community. What Absolutely. kind of response have you gotten for the October 7th event from the community? Oh, man, it's, it's been overwhelming. Um, we're on Facebook, Hampton Skate Flat. Um, there are tons and tons and tons of of people uh, not only in Hampton, but some people out of state that's wanting to participate. Um, and it's really, uh, to be honest with you, Pastor Cheeks, why we decided to do another one because of the overwhelming response we got on the first one and getting some indication from some people that they didn't know about it and they wish they could have been a part of it, just really being upset that they missed it. So uh, because of that, uh, we decided to do another one. Um, but the response from the community um, and outside of our community has been overwhelming. Um, even on the first one, man, 70 uh, different uh, organizations, individuals, I mean, that is, it was it was a sight to see, man. I, got, I have to be completely honest. It was a, a sight to see. It choked me up a little bit. Well, the, the, one of the, the key things there, too, is community. And there are people who participate in those projects who normally would not participate in anything in the community. Um, so so it, the concept must be hitting a nerve or, 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 or connecting somewhere with people in the community. It evidently is a needed opportunity for people to, to be part of something. Uh, and, and then the beauty of that is... Uh, they are fixing up and helping to fix, not looking for reward except to have this opportunity in their community they can become part of and utilize at some point in time. Uh, Absolutely. And that's huge. That's huge because in, in a business and a marketing standpoint, what that does is uh, it shows, it, it amplifies and confirms the need in the community for what is taking place. Uh, Absolutely. And so, uh, but what are some of the program, other programs uh, that are and activities that will be going in there? Well, we're going to have a uh, program called Saturday Science and Skate. Basically what that program is, we're going to have an activity 
that's founded on the principles of the STEM program. Um, and so we're going to uh, put that program together, and then the kids will do a, a variety of activities based around the STEM program. And then at the end of the activity, we'll top it off with some, some free skating. And so we have that going on. We also have the Jobs for Life program that's going to be housed in the uh, Hampton Skateplex as well. Um, we have the Fresh Expressions program uh, that we're going to have, which is a, a basically a Bible study program, um, but it's more on the premise of people coming in and just having dialogue. Um, and using biblical principles to address any issues. Um, we have the community garden that we're going to start. Um, there's an area uh, to the side of the skating ring, and we want to get the soil tested and everything so we can go ahead and create our community garden uh, as well. Um, we're going to have programs, music programs for children uh, uh, starting at the age of one. Uh, and that was something uh, that uh, my fiancé actually thought of. Um, my son is 16 months old, and she was having a hard time finding uh, some activities for him on the weekend. A lot of the activities she found was uh, during the week uh, while parents was at work. And so we're going to have a music program for little teeny kids, um, on the weekends, on Saturday mornings, we're also going to offer skating lessons uh, on Saturday mornings. Um, we have a, a lot of things going on, man, and we're in the process right now of uh, scheduling everything out on what, on what day at what time because this is my desire to fit as many programs I can um, in the seven days that we have. And so we are in the midst of that process right now, like I said, and those are just some of the programs. Um, we have a number that we want to do. We understand that we can't do them all uh, because just because of time, uh, but we're going to make every effort to try to get as many as we can uh, going into the rotation. Well, it seems like it's going to be open eight days a week instead of seven, right? <laughs> hey, that's fine with me. That's fine. You're gonna create me. another day. I, 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 you create another that. day. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it the the, prog- the the things that are going in there are obviously uh, what the community is, is is desiring. But you know, one of the things I was interested in was two things. Um, you know that I know about. One is the uh, the program with one of the elementary schools. Tell me a little bit oh, about yeah. that. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, and I didn't mention that, and you forgive me. Um, one of the things I did was I went and had a meeting with some of the uh, family engagement specialists at some of the schools in, our, in that community. Um, and so what we did in, in the midst of our program, we really created uh, an activity which is going to start over at Cary Elementary with uh, Sybil Gordon. Um, what we want to do is the kids take their SOL, SOL tests, and all the kids who successfully pass their SOL test the first time, we're going to bust those kids over to the skating ring and allow them to skate in, in the skating ring for an hour and a half, two hours, absolutely free, and uh, hopefully provide them lunch as well. 
just a, just as a way of rewarding them for their hard work. And uh, wow. hopefully, eventually, we that program will spread citywide, if not even into our neighboring city of Newport News. Also, we're in the process, uh, while we're talking about the schools, we want to, I do want to mention uh, we are developing a program to reward the kids for honor roll and citizen of the month, where they'll get free passes to be able to come into the skateplex and skate for free, uh, just rewarding them for their hard work. And so, again, a lot of stuff in the pot we're brewing, developing as we speak every day. Like you said, eight days a week, we're working on this thing, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. This is this is a vision that was given to me by God, Pastor Cheeks, and just like Desiree, you don't know day day to day how it's gonna work, and you you question yourself and you you get a little antsy and nervous and upset, but God has a way of reminding us that He's in control, and this has a lot to do with walking by faith. And so I just push forward, man. I'm going to continue to push forward. And I know and believe with everything in me that the Skateplex will have a grand opening date very soon. Yeah. Hey, well, the, the, the skating rink under the name of Plaza Skate, uh, Skating or whatever it was, Plaza Skating Rink, had problems in the past. Um, a lot of criminal activity and uh, behavior activity occurred there. And uh, part of... Mm-hmm. Of being a safe environment is to have in a, a community center with a skate skating rink that has value and value in terms of wholesome and holistic programs. Uh, those kind of things are, are the drivers, I believe, in the community that uh, bring people together and they see it as a safe environment. Uh, mm-hmm. Absent having it surrounded by the National Guard or something. Um, right. It, which I don't think is necessary because people will, people desire safe places. And even folks who want to cause problems will kind of stray away from those environments because they don't want to be highlighted because they will stick out like a sore thumb. You know, so, Absolutely. Uh, and so, so Desiree, I'm, I'm going to go back to you with this. The same thing with, uh, with the foster children, uh, putting them in a holistic environment with value starts to change their life, I believe. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, for children in foster care, they will push buttons because most likely they're not coming to you as their very first foster home. A lot of times they have been bounced around from home to home to home, and for some reason or another they could not stay, whether it's uh, a legal um, decision made by the judges or courts or child services themselves, biological parents that we don't want our children in this home, or because of behavioral issues and these foster parents say, I can't deal with this, I need another different child. There are many reasons why these children you know, go from home to home to home. So giving them a place where they are praised, where they are loved, where they are shown that you are great, you are greater than your circumstance, and you don't have to be a victim of your circumstance. Um, and just showing them that the community accepts them for who they are. And, yes, we would love for you to, you know, change. And, and I don't – that's not the word I want to use. But, obviously, um, attitudes improving and things like that. Because, again, once you go through foster care and you feel like people don't want you, you go through feelings of abandonment, withdrawal, um, stress, 
You go through so many things. Basically, just because you don't feel like your biological parents wanted you enough to get their lives together, and most of these foster parents have kicked you out for some reason or another. And so they develop attitudes. They develop um, issues where they can't um, succeed. And it's not that they cannot. It's that they've put that on themselves that they cannot. So giving them a place where that's going to love them, that's going to show them that you're okay and hopefully change their attitude toward the positive and give them something to reach for, give them goals, um, it will definitely improve their self-esteem, their self-value. It will give them more of a chance of success than if we pretended like they didn't exist any longer. Hmm. You know, this, this show is about justice. This is front porch conversation conversation on justice. And part of this whole cycle of justice is fairness and opportunity uh, and, and being able to shift the paradigm so that people are feeling uh, wanted and also a sense of self-worth and, and that the community gains uh, respectability in terms of being cohesive and, and, and being brought together. So, Keith, how do you see this whole skateplex uh, being a part of this thing of restorative justice when, in the community? Well, again, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the community center is uh, will be, again, founded on uh, love. And uh, we, we, I believe that bringing, well, first of all, displaying love, um, is going to be a part of that, is giving love back. First, displaying the love, uh, making people feel welcome, making them feel safe, um, and just bringing uh, everybody in together in one arena uh, and enjoying uh, enjoying and networking with one another. I think that's going to bring uh, that, that aspect into it, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just believe that there's there's uh, a need for a facility that will address different needs um, and not really be limited to what we can and cannot do. Um, and so hopefully, in particular, the Buckrow area, um, we will have everybody come and be a part of, and you know who your neighbors are, you know who's in your community. Uh, more importantly, you know what the need is, and everybody uh, kind of join join in as one force. Um, back when I was coming up, uh, your neighbors and your community knew everything about you. They knew who you were. They knew whose child you were, you, were, you belonged to. Um, they knew where you were supposed to be at what time and where you weren't supposed to be. Um, and so we want to get back to that, Pastor Chief. We want to get back to the to the point where uh, everybody knows everybody. You know that I live in this community or I have a business in this community, and I know that you live in this community, and I know you by name. So we're not really looking at a, a facility so to speak, we're looking at a power, uh, uh, that being the people, the community, uh, recognizing yeah. their inherent power to, to move forward 
to, to bring about change and, and, and restoration of justice within the community, which would take many forms to go across many uh, venues and avenues and bridges in order to get there. Uh, and this foster care is only one vehicle that that can be enacted Absolutely. in. Uh, so, Desiree, looking at that in that in that term, what would be the ideal in terms of uh, having foster care being an integral part of this this, this restorative change? Could you explain that one more time? Sure, sure. Uh, how could foster care be part of this? How how will it fit into this restorative change or or into this seeking justice within the community, the local community, and the broader community uh, for these kids? Okay. So the the powerhouse of this skate flex that's going to be a place that brings community together, that's going to be a place of love and um, building these children up, like he was stating about um, having positive incentives for children. I think that's amazing for the school-age children, especially the ones in foster care. So how this will be great for children in foster care, again, they're being rewarded. They're being seen as individuals who are not what the stigma says that they are, but they are individuals that are worthy of the care, the love, the support. And we all go outside of our norm to make sure that it's possible. So having a place like the Skateflex for children and families of all types, not just foster care children, but to come together and celebrate in the love of one another, the the power of community, it's going to always bring about change. And so it's going to change these children's lives to show them that they are more than who people have already told them that they are. That the system has shown them who they are. And if we continue to give that to them, they will be successful. They will bring about change in themselves. You will see things from children in foster care and children normally in the community who have been deemed to be juvenile delinquents and things like that. And giving them a place where they can come and feel worthy, feel loved, they're going to not only change for the better, but they're going to then bring their friends along and say, hey, look at this. They believe in us. They can. They show us that we are more than our, our circumstance, that we are better than who we are. For children in foster care especially, they have been dealt a very, very bad hand, and they have had nothing to do with it. And so um, the change is going to be something that, that comes about, and I think that with Keith's vision, it's going to be something that changes everyone in the community so that we can all give back to not only foster care children, but um, the children that you know, otherwise don't have both parents at home or two parents at home. Right. And Pastor Chief, can I add something to that? Sure. sure. A um, couple of things I want to mention real quick. Um, it's very easy to sit in the four walls of your own home and look around and say, my husband or my wife is good, my children are good, I'm good, so we're all good. Um, but it, it is not, uh, what's the word I want to use? It's, it's just, that's just something that we should not do. Um, we have to go outside of our homes and love on people that are not a part of our family and be willing to help those people 
and guide those people and, and, and do those things that we do for our own family. Um, I think we underestimate the power of community. Certainly we need the city and the city officials to do their part, um, but we can't sit back and rely on them to do it all. Um, community band together can, can throw a powerful punch. And I think we need to get back to those basics of being community and not just worrying about ourselves. And that's one of the concepts that we're going to have at the skating room, and I've said it ten times already. It's about community. Um, and, and one of the things I did not mention is that, you know, in the process of, of uh, building this skating room back up, there has been countless stories of, of people uh, emailing and sending messages on Facebook saying that when they grew up, the only peace they could find because maybe their homes were upside down or their parents was on drugs or whatever the case may be, the only peace they could find was going to the skating. And so if we turn that activity of skating and add a bigger uh, element to it, which is community center, just think about how much more effective that we could be. Uh, and one of the things I did not mention is that we're also having programs for senior citizens. And my vision for that is to open up the skating ring uh, early in the morning and allow our seniors to come in and walk around the skating ring for their exercise um, and then go into the snack bar area. And then once a month we'll have a speaker come through and address different issues that seniors may face. Um, and also we have a yoga class that we're going to be offering for senior citizens as well. So, again, it's community, and no one's going to be left out in the community. Well, since you mentioned senior citizens, uh, I think it's important, it's very important, uh, because we had a lot of conversation here about the young, younger generation, that we, we turn to these age adults. Uh, these grandparents or these uh, uh, seniors in our community to be able to have them tell a story to the younger people, to have them relay, talk about that lived history and to interact with our young folks because a lot of that is missing. Uh, And and that's where they have a lot of work there. uh, Often we discount them. Uh, But just Mm -hmm. to have a senior sit down with a young person just to talk, just to talk about life, just to talk about some of the things they've been through, just to provide that understanding and mentorship or just to be a friend. I mean, those relationships can develop through all this that's happening at the Hampton Skate Plex. It can go way beyond any program thing because programs are, uh, unfortunately, programs have a beginning and they have an end. They have a shelf life. And I think what, what it needs to be, or what Hampton Skate Plex is developing into is a platform to launch ideas and visions to incorporate the entire community uh, instead of having a program that begins and ends. Uh, so I guess the idea being from what I'm hearing from you is something that's perpetual, uh, that will create meaningful relationships and that will continue across the broad spectrum of the community, not just in Buckrow, but the entire area. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, I just think I just applaud the I applaud the 
the vision and the concept. Uh, and I think we all need to jump on that bandwagon to, to be part of making that happen and making it develop or helping it develop. I mean, processes like this are slow. Uh, platforms take time to build because you got to get the foundation down first. Uh, Absolutely. You just, you just can't jump out there and without the foundation. Otherwise, it all falls down. So, um, right. so I think I think that's a, a significant part of that. Desiree, I want to go back and, and revisit something with you because uh, it, it tugs on my heart uh, a lot to to know that there are young people out there that have bounced home to home or kicked out from one foster home to another because they don't conform to somebody else's belief system or conform to what they the way they say they should act. Uh, where 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 in the program is the compassion? Where is the uh, does, that, does that come through the advocacy part that you do, or, or where is it? Where, where does it manifest well, itself? Well, one, one thing that we strive for at Becoming Families is when we're out recruiting these families, we make sure that they're individuals that they're going to be with these children through thick and thin. You know, we want to stop that perpetual cycle of bouncing from place to place, place and never really finding a home or a family. That um, compassion is supposed to come from those individuals. But I, I will say there are some children who have gone through so much that a family may not be able to take it all in. And a great example of that is to have a child who has been um, sexually abused, and now he or she is in their new home doing things like that. And the foster parents have been sexually abused, and they feel that that's not a great place for that child to be because, one, it's uprooting things from their past that they're not either over, they haven't had proper time to deal with it, or they haven't dealt with it, or they just don't feel comfortable with that child in their home because you never know what's going to be said um, that this person did to me or, you know, and they don't feel comfortable with that. So uh, compassion aside, sometimes it's for safety reasons. And um, um, for individuals who, let's say, if a child is just unruly and has never really had anybody put their foot down and really corrected them, that's where the compassion comes in. Stick with them through the end. Uh, It's sad, but it does happen. It's sad that a child comes in and has stolen the new foster parent's car or whatever it is, and they're just like, okay, we can't handle this. Maybe there are older individuals who took in it as a teenager, and then they're causing them a ton of grief, wrecking their car, destroying their home. And sometimes these people are just like, I can't take it. But our mission for Becoming Families is to bring in people who are going to fight with these children, to butt heads with these children, be one-on-one with these children, and show them you're better than this. I don't know why you're acting out, but I'm not going to toss you away. You are a human. I love you. You're my child now, and let's do this together. Um, We don't allow for corporal punishment. And a lot of people say, well, then I can't take this child because that's how I was raised. However, just because you were raised that way doesn't mean that every child uh, benefits from that sort of discipline, that they learn from it. And, again, these children didn't come into foster care because their homes were amazing, their families were amazing. Something bad happened. And the majority of the time it's because of some sort of abuse. So you can't discipline a child and teach them the right way with abuse when they've only seen abuse as a negative thing and never as a positive thing. And so that's why we continually say you just have to love them where they are and help them grow out of it. The compassion is a lot of times the last thing 
that goes through a, a parent's head. But for our foster families, we want that to be number one. We don't want you to sympathize. We want you to empathize. We don't want you to turn your back on them. We want you to love them in all ways possible. And so with, with, with loving them and just being their community and showing them that they are worthy of all things, we're going to end that cycle of bouncing from home to home, but also end that cycle of them thinking that they'll never be good enough and no one wants them. So while you were going through the system, were, were you a single child or were there others in your family? There were, we were a total of six, and um, okay. we were all spread out in one way, shape, or form. My oldest brother was lucky enough to go with my grandmother the very first time, and so he stayed with her. And he is probably the most normal out of all of us, which is a blessing for him that he got to experience that. The rest of us were, uh, we were in so many different homes that I can't even begin to tell you what they were all like. Um, and we didn't get back together. So from 4 to 12, we were completely set. From my ages of 4 to 12, we were all completely separated. And um, the the trauma that has us kind of all where they are, like you said, have I ever had my breakthrough? I'm not sure that I've ever had my breakthrough. I told you that. But as looking on my brothers and sisters, I can tell you that some of them probably never will have their breakthrough. You know, um, it's bouncing from home to home, never feeling like you truly have a place, never feeling truly loved, sometimes just feeling like a place, paycheck, being abused physically, emotionally, sexually, those things all do happen. And unfortunately, that's created such a bad stigma, too, within even the foster care community. And so, um, I mean, it, it happens. And, you know, I didn't get to live a, the full life that I wanted to live. I thought that I deserved but that's, again, why God put it on my heart to make sure that I give other children that chance. That's, that's, and we thank you for that, um, for your, for the opportunity that you're being afforded, that, that God has laid on your heart and, and obedience yes. to, to go mm-hmm. forward with this, with this task uh, that's in front of you. Um, and, and, and certainly we, we, we're glad that um, – I mean, Glad, probably not the better word. Uh, we're probably overjoyed that you're going to be part of the uh, the skateplex and and part of that Absolutely. platform and bringing um, this this uh, this needed opportunity uh, to those young folks and those families. Uh, mm-hmm. So so Keith, besides having someone as dynamic as Desiree, I mean, I could probably sit here for another hour and talk to her. Um, I was trying to get you in. Included in here somewhere, but, uh, but <laughs> we didn't manage to we didn't manage to do that. No, uh, man, but <laughs> yeah, and so so one of the, one of the things I, uh, I just want to kind of wrap up with is that that we we all have to be mindful that we live in a very diverse community, a very diverse mm-hmm. world, and thus a very diverse community, and that no one model fits anyone specific community and and just to hear you state that you have integrated with the community in, in terms of finding out what the needs are there and not just mm-hmm. coming in as a business person saying this is what I'm putting and you, you come and get it. Uh, Absolutely you're not. You're not using the I'm going to build it and, and then they you guys are going to come. And, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so that makes a, a difference in terms of 
are offering uh, a voice and also holistic uh, things for the community to be involved with because it's going it's going to be a, a venture that that I can tell you and it's not going to end when the doors open it, that's only the start of, of what's going to be revealed uh, right. so we applaud both of you both of you and we certainly will uh, push out there October the 7th at the Hampton State Plex from, from 9 to 4 and we're asking the community to come out there and make sure you bring some canned food not expired canned food and um, right. <laughs> and also some some other items, some food items to to be distributed to people in need through these uh, worthy organizations that have been selected. Thank you to again. Uh, we look forward to talking to you at a future date to see how things are going. Uh, but this has Absolutely. been Front Porch Conversation on Justice. Your host Charles Cheek. We'll see you again next week. traditional lager is a taste of amber gold that comes from America's oldest brewery. It's a beer that drinks well and tastes the way beer is supposed to. Born from a tradition of hard work and sacrifice, it brings with it all the know-how that doing a thing well for nearly 200 years affords. Yingling traditional lager from America's oldest brewery. Respect. It's earned. DJ Yingling and Son, Pottsville, PA. Please drink responsibly. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.